Morning, good morning. Welcome to the show. Happy Sunday morning. And uh, wow, what a what a uh, man! This last week has been off the charts in so many ways, y'all. Uh, we don't have enough time on the show today to go through all the ways that it was uh, quite a week. Um, but we do know again we suffered another tragic uh, shooting. Man, so many. But here's another one that is dealing with kids, right? Uh, in Nashville, mm-hmm. we lost um, six or seven people, um, six people, seven. and mm-hmm. wow, just 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 a lot, y'all. So we y'all hear my guest on the phone. <laughs> she 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 want to go in on that too. So we gonna give her a chance. <laughs> we're gonna give her a chance to do that. But what's interesting, y'all, and I'm gonna introduce her in a minute. Um, is the former education secretary Arne Duncan had a, a an interesting and radical suggestion to to quell the number of schoolhouse and mass shootings in the nation. Uh, The former secretary said he wants kids to conduct a national boycott of schools until there are new and stiffer laws to prevent such tragedies. Let's uh, let's sleep on that one. Right. Let's let's let that marinate. Uh, Y'all, I am so excited for this show. Um, Not because of that. Y'all obviously prayers and all that stuff. But praying got to get us to some action. That's all I got to say. And that's, right. that's all I got to right. say. But y'all, I'm excited for my guest because she is one of the hardest working, I think, public servants that you will know, that you will meet. And um, I, I I have, I'll tell you a personal reason I love her later on, but, but, but I got to tell you, <laughs> she is the chair of our um, Legislative Black Caucus. She's a state representative out of Tampa, Florida, uh, but she's be- but her name has become uh, synonymous with. Uh, I'm gonna fight you on this <laughs> because that's what she does. She fights and she fights for issues and people um, who who need a voice. And uh, you know, right. when she first came into the legislature, y'all, I I watched her go and visit prisons all over the state. And she didn't do it because somebody asked her to do it. She did it because we learn in our community that these prisons aren't always taking good care of the people in there. But Miss Diane Hart, y'all, Representative Diane Hart, decided she was going to go poll these things herself. And that's that's how hard she works. Right. Nobody asked her to do it. But she did it because that's her role is to fight for people who can't fight for, for themselves. So I'm happy right. to have her on and uh, y'all here. Uh, and the other thing, and Diane, I, I, I uh, thank, for, thank you for coming on the show. <laughs> You're welcome. No, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to have you. And y'all, I'm some excited. of you who follow her on Facebook, listen, we we do our show once a week. We, we kind of 
we kind of we we not real Jessica's here too. We're not really lax about it, but compared to <laughs> Diane Hart, <laughs> who y'all every Saturday morning at eight o'clock, she is up. And and Diane, you've been doing your show for like five years now. And yep, we're going into our sixth year. Every Saturday, did have you ever missed a yep. Saturday? I did miss one Saturday when I got my time confused. I was out in Las Vegas, and you know it's hours difference in time. And I set the time for Vegas time as opposed to Florida time, and I missed my show. And I was literally sick over it. Wow. Well, if you y'all follow Diane Hart, go and check her out and listen to her show every Saturday morning because she's always she's always bringing great information. You have great information. And you have people show up to answer questions and and give people and it's not always fun. You know, you don't you don't hold back on it either. So people got to be ready when they come on your show. Uh, But but I want people to know how tireless you are and and how you consistently raise an awareness about hunger issues, affordable housing, economic development um, and and violence in our community. Tell everybody. And I'm going to get to the, you you being the chair of the Black Caucus and everything y'all did yeah. this past week um, for your annual weekend. But what, what led you to your passion for criminal justice reform? You know, having been a 37-year business owner of beauty salons and barbershops where everybody comes to tell their business, so many parents, so many grandparents, so many young men and young women who've been formerly incarcerated would be in my salon and they would talk about how they were treated when they were in the care of the Florida correctional and let's take that word lightly correctional facilities throughout the state of Florida so that kind of fueled me to want to find out how I could help people who don't really have a voice they truly don't have a voice and that's what led me to this passion for making sure that we try and ensure that they take better care of our loved ones when they're incarcerated and I know you're working on some stuff, right? Uh, I mean, you're always filing yep. bills related to, to criminal justice reform. Is there any one that is, you think is, is, is getting some traction this year? Any one of well, those issues? Yes, we have the law called Ava's Law. That's where a pregnant woman would have an opportunity to get a pregnancy test within a 72-hour period of being incarcerated in the jail. We also, in this very same bill, it gives the judge the latitude to be able and the discretion to not sentence her to prison until after she has had her baby, if she's found guilty of an offense. Then she gets the bond with the baby 12 weeks after. That bill was just heard a day ago in our criminal justice, and I just talked to the chair this morning as it will move to the criminal justice appropriation, and we'll have one more stop. So let's keep praying that we will get that bill through. And then we have, uh, also I have a, another bill that's moving, and it's 10, for HB 1045, and it's right. a peer specialist. They'll allow gentlemen or women to train as, basically, as counselors, honestly. That's what you are, but you get certified as a peer specialist. They'll get to do that their last year there. While they're incarcerated, they have to take the training. They're able to train other people. And when they come home, they can get gainful employment in that field. And I can promise you, Sean, that is truly picking up because so many people have had drug issues or alcohol. And who can better help you than somebody who's already been there? So that bill is moving. So currently we do have two bills that are moving through. 
And, and Madam Chair, I, I suspect that, that House Bill 1045 will have a, a major impact on recidivism. And, um, oh, God. you know, I mean, I, I obviously I'm sure that's the reason why you're doing it. Um, so, right. Absolutely. Yeah. What, what, we what, believe that. But, uh, what, what should we know about the death toll of inmates uh, in our state's correctional facilities? Oh, my God. We're, the numbers are just staggering. Every single year, we're having over a couple hundred people to die in our prisons throughout the state of Florida. And the crazy part of that is the fact that they tell us that, well, they died from the use of K2, which is a drug, or they died because they committed suicide, or they died of natural causes. And, Sean, if you remember, just a couple of weeks ago, we had a press conference here in Tallahassee, and people died because they had been beat to death. And we had about 10 families here. Three of the families spoke. They've had outside autopsies that prove their loved ones did not die from the causes that FDLE and the criminal just, I mean, and, and the Department of Correction said they did. So it, it's a hard thing. When you know that people are not dying like they say they are, it makes it very, very difficult. So we just have to keep fighting the good fight, but we got to be paying attention. And so for me to have the people on the opposite side of the aisle beginning to call me and say, okay, rep, what do I do when I go to a prison? Don't be announced and just show up. Yep. And so yep. several of them are starting to go. I'm hoping that that's going to help because they're in power. So when they get to see it firsthand themselves, then they can begin to understand why I'm so passionate about what's going on in the Florida Department of Corrections. Well, Madam Chairman, I appreciate this conversation with you. And uh, I, I want people to know that, you know, you worked with the Tampa Police Department um, and you work oh, yeah. with various social groups to fight against gun violence. W yes. What do we have to do, um, Diane, Madam Chair, uh, <laughs> Madam Representative? Uh, what, what, what do we have to do to, to prevent another schoolhouse or any other form of mass shooting what do we i we, i know we started out the show talking about it it's hard not to to engage in it some i i, I heard you at the beginning of the show like yep uh -huh. <laughs> but what what do we need to do <laughs> what, what do we have to do man we've got to get some of these guns off the street and if your communities are like my communities back in tampa we have a rash of guns showing up out of nowhere. And I'm of the opinion that some of these are being brought into our community deliberately. And our children, I mean, they have guns that you wouldn't even believe. They made an arrest a couple of weeks ago. They had 25 guns. So I, we've got to get some of the guns off the street. But I'm kind of thinking radical, like the gentleman that you said wanted to kids to just boycott school until some gun laws go into place. Something's got to happen, and it's got to be something radical. Do people just take to the streets and demand some change? Or what do we do? We replace some of these elected officials who don't believe there's a need to protect our children and pass some real gun legislation. That's the real way to go. Let's replace some of these folk in these offices that don't think like people with common sense, that just want to do what big gun companies want them to do, and the gun lobbyists. We've got to protect our people, and it's going to be hard. But we're the only country that have all of these mass shootings. We are, and so. you know, and I know on your side, I know that the access to guns seems to be the difference between what's happening in this country and what's not happening in all these other countries, right? Because as you said, we're the right, only country right. with this type of problem. Um, 
But on the other side, they seem to double down. I mean, even after this another <laughs> mass shooting, I mean, you all were passing gun legislation this past week, right? Yes, we were. Permitless carry. Anybody in the state of Florida, pick up your gun from wherever you get one from, and you're ready to go. No education, no training on how to use it, how to store it, nothing. Just go out and buy yourself a gun. So when I'm asking people who look like me, go get you a gun permit and buy your gun, because if you get stopped, you're more likely to get killed with your gun, because the officer may have been afraid as opposed to my counterparts. And even some of my lobbyists, my white lobbyist friends are saying the same thing. They're fearful of what will happen in black communities with all of these guns on the street. And we're law-abiding citizens. That's what they keep saying. Criminals, you know, they don't need a license, but law-abiding citizens like you and I riding in our car, we get stopped. The first thing we need to say is I have a permit and I have a gun. Here's my license and my permit. Because nine times out of ten, you will be asked to get out of your car. Your car will be searched, unlike many of our colleagues. So, wow, man, wow. we've got to do something. And I'm recommending everybody get them a gun permit and let's start buying guns. I guarantee you we'll see some change in this country. We'll definitely see some in Florida. Well, I know we, we've never talked a lot about it in our community about, you know, the support mm-hmm. for Amendment 2, right? I mean, I, I, I've never met anybody in our community that doesn't support Amendment 2. I just see right. them as different issues, <laughs> right? I mean, right. They, just seem exactly. to be, they just seem to be different issues, right? I can support Amendment 2, <laughs> but I could also say, you know what? I don't want somebody who has a violent background or, or, or somebody right. who, who has mental health problems to be able to go and purchase a gun. Carry a gun. Right? right. I mean, the, I just the there just seems to be limitations that ought to make sense. There should be limitations. That young lady had seven guns, bought them legally, was under the she was under a doctor's care. She had mental problems. She was able to go out and purchase her seven guns and she purchased them legally. So here we are in Florida. We want to make sure that any and everybody will be able to buy a gun. What are we saying to our children? We don't care about you. Your lives are not important. We're just going to arm everybody and take your chances at school, kids, and hope nobody comes to your school. I'll tell you, Representative, I I keep thinking as, as a parent who has small children in schools, I keep thinking, you know, should I, when am I, not should, but when do I go through some drills with my kids about what? Right, you better. Um, about what I what I want them to do if they end up in this unfortunate situation. So I, I, my point in saying that is I just, I just really hate that, that parents have to have those kind of thoughts. Right. And I know. And so anyway, I, I, we'll, we'll leave it there. I gotta, I'm going to talk about it in the Pitman point today. So I, I, I better That's stop good. giving up all the tea. <laughs> but okay, it's hard. Don't give up all it, the tea. It's hard talking to you, you though. To talk about. Yeah. Right. And talk about it. To, talk about those kids who went to a room and hid because they've been through so many drills. What does yeah. that say? Yeah. Yeah. And so we won't give up your tea, but talk. That's about OK. It. That's OK. <laughs> well, listen, you're you know, you 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 deal with criminal justice reform. You're talking about this stuff all the time. So I didn't want to have you on the show and not. <laughs> And, and under the circumstances, act like that didn't happen because uh, we're not. Yeah, some did. people are numb to it, but we're not. Um, no, we're not. We're not. Hey, Mm-mm. great week last week. Um, 
I, you know, the Black Caucus is a special group. Uh, and I, I want to say to the listeners, I mean, the Black Caucus, and it's technically called the Florida Conference of Black State Legislators, a group that was founded back in the 1960s. And uh, it was founded on the principle of, you know, black people who are representing black people, you know, these communities have similar problems. So to come together and and come up with ideas and agendas to push forward is really important. And that hasn't changed. And you are now the chair and uh, you had your scholarship gala last week. Incredible. All the kids that you were helping. Um, You had your luncheon. Great speaker and Yolanda Cass Jackson, uh, my colleague. And, uh, And of course, the the brunch is always what the brunch is, right? I mean, it is it is an event that that, uh, <laughs> that bring people from all over the state, and and I love that they stay long enough to to catch the brunch because uh, it's it's a special Absolutely. kind of thing. But talk to us about the the legislative caucus gala, right? Tell people what it's really about. Oh, man, the gala is just a phenomenal opportunity for all of the legislators and people who support children that provide funds for us to be able to give scholarships to youth going away to college. And then sometimes we even are able to give money to the interns that intern here in the Capitol with the, with the black legislators. So, you know, the gala is a time of just celebration. It's our, it's our 30th year this year. So, of course, we were just ecstatic. And then, of course, you know that it is it was Bridgerton. It was the Bridgerton attire. So, wow, we went way back. And I'm just grateful that so many people provided so much funding that we were able to give away 17 scholarships to youth who deserved it. And we'll see how many of our interns will still be here at the end of session that will also be able to get stipends. So it, it's been a phenomenal week, just absolutely phenomenal. We, of course, we put on an event for our larger donors just so that they can meet with the legislators so we can thank them for always assisting us in providing funding for our youth. All of that's so important. And I want to thank you for always being there to help pr- to provide that brunch for us. Because without you, we wouldn't have that brunch <laughs> and some of these other yeah. events either. So I really thank you for everything that you've done this past week in helping make sure that we have a successful legislative Black Caucus week. <laughs> well, I, I want to applaud your leadership, though, because, you know, the, the caucus really stayed together on a lot of issues that uh, that are important. I mean, your your voice, yes. the caucus voice was very, very strong, uh, is very strong this this session. And I wonder mm-hmm. when you when you came in as chair, was was that a big part of your agenda item that you had to figure out how you how you kept everybody together? Because it's hard when the resource, when, <laughs> you know, when you're a minority and a minority and it's it's hard to keep people right. together. But you've been able to do that. How did you? How, how do you yeah, do that? Well, let me just say that God has been good to me. He's continued to bless me, you know, with the wisdom to be able to have a conversation with the caucus and them to stand with me when I've asked them to do something. So, you know, you you come in, you don't know, you have twenty five personalities. But I'm a business owner, so. Being in business 37 years, I've had hundreds of personalities that I've had to deal with. So that was a help to me, just having been a business owner. But I can tell you that the people inside of this caucus have just been phenomenal. 
And whatever I've asked of them, they have been right there to support it. So I couldn't have asked for a better caucus. I was a little nervous. You know, people kept saying, oh, you don't know what you're getting into. I said, yes, I do. I'm a business owner. I, you know, I know how to do this. So I, I'm just grateful, though, that we have good people who are willing to step up and speak out against injustices that are going on. And we pull this thing together and we stay together. And what we've got to do, John, is we've got to continue. As we put back our new Florida Democratic Party, we will be at the table like you've never seen us before. And we're pretty excited about that opportunity. So we're going to be moving this caucus forward. People are going to see some things they've not seen from previous chairs because I am a little bit different. But, you know, I'm excited about <laughs> all the possibilities of what we're going to get done. I, I like how you say that. <laughs> I'm a little bit different. <laughs> I, I'm going to leave that there. I am. <laughs> I'm going to leave that there. I'm a little bit older. Let's put oh, okay, okay. More seasoned, I guess I should say, than L- little bit most seasoned. of the folks who've been the legislative chairs, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I tell you, it's an interesting place to be because I've seen in the past that sometimes it seems like you're fighting multiple battles, right? Like you're you're fighting yeah. a, a, a conservative legislature that yeah. oftentimes don't align with your issues. Uh, and then you have the party that most of your members are a part of. Sometimes you find yourself you know, trying to navigate that as well. So it's it's got to be difficult leadership role. Uh, But, you know, you you seem to have kept the purpose in mind and uh, and you guys are you guys are fighting it out. And and so I applaud you on on keeping everybody together and on message and (laughs) and still having time to raise money for these kids. Uh, which right. we can't let that be overshadowed by, you know, the things no. we uh, disagree with, right? That's right. Absolutely not. You've got to do that. Uh, you know, our youth are the next generation of leaders, so we must take care of our youth and prepare them and allow them educational opportunities. So, yeah, I'm happy to be here in this spot right at this particular time. I think we're gonna ha- we have probably raised more money this term than ever. So I'm looking wow. forward to the things that we're going to be able to do. I'm wow. excited. No, that's that. I didn't yeah. know that. That that's that means a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, you gotta yeah. ra- you gotta raise those dollars. You can't do the things. You can't do a lot if you don't have you the resources to, to be able to do it. Nope, you um, cannot. So you cannot. you're meeting a part of the obligation by, you know, by taking advantage of the space that you're in, and the responsibility that God's given you in in. Uh, yep. Yeah. And, and, and making sure that you're here and you have the opportunity. I do want to ask you something before we go, though. Um, sure. About voting. Uh-huh. This last election cycle, uh, Democrats voting was down 20 20 percent. Um, right. The vote for black people was down 22 percent. Yep. What do you attribute that to? And and what do you do to what do you do to turn that around? Well, I attribute that to people just saying, you know what, my vote don't count. What else? They're not really doing what I want. The party isn't listening to me. But let me just assure you, not voting has consequences. And if you don't believe it, look around the state of Florida and look at these 800 bills that are going to be pushed through this legislature. And most of them will be passed. Some terrible pieces of legislation. I think when you back people up against the wall like they're doing here in Tallahassee, they can't help but want to come out and fight. But for us, 
people in leadership, we've got to go home and we've got to start talking about it now. We cannot wait for an election cycle for next year to start talking about it. We've got to go home and assure people of what's happening. That's why I do my show and I try not to miss it. I need people to understand what's really happening in their state. So it's going to be up to all of us. Nikki Freed and the caucus and the Democratic caucus, the Black caucus, all of us. We all have a role to play. NAACP, Divine Nine. We have got to go to work and change this narrative. But I think just people should be looking at what's happening, and that alone should make you want to get up and go cast your ballot. Not to be able to talk about Black history. Not to be your history doesn't matter. Come on, people. If this doesn't change the outcome for 2024, Sean, I promise you I don't know what will. Mm. They have shown us Mm. that we've got to go to the poll. No questions about it. And vote for people that have the same thought that you do that will help you to move forward. Well, and and you know what? It it gets harder, too, right? Because because the other side shows up because they see it's working, right? Right. And and so you almost have to double down and and deliver the faith that if you show up, eventually... You'll be you'll be going change. for right. You'll be going for that same reason, right? You'll be going because you That's see the right. change and you feel the change. Right. Uh, right now, we're right. asking exactly. them to do something that they can't feel and they can't touch, and we got to get them right. to rise above that and uh, and get to the polls because it's a it's a travesty not to not to vote. Man. I, I mean, it just really yeah, is. Absolutely. I mean, just think about it. it. Just think about it. The yeah. state has gone from uh, where a woman could have the right to choose what happens to her body to now if she don't figure it out with six weeks um (laughs) somebody else making that choice right and absolutely absolutely and and i and listen i i say on this show all the time i'm not mad at them i'm not mad at them because their people (laughs) elected them they show up to vote that's right they turned out to vote they're gonna do what they're gonna do what they want to do you can do Absolutely. what you want to do if you show up to vote. So <laughs> how, how am I going to be mad at them for doing exactly what I would do if I if I had the power? Right, I would do what right. I want to do. What's in my, within my be. philosophical views? I would right. spew that, That's and right. it would come out in this form right. of bills and legislation, and and getting my colleagues <laughs> to vote with me. So that's what I'm just trying to double down on your point to everybody that you got to vote. Don't sit back with a problem. You don't like it and they doing everything wrong. They're doing Mm. what the people who voted for them want them to do. So if you want people to do what you want to do, you got to vote for people who feel like you feel. So anyway, that's right. I'm going to leave that there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, absolutely. Telling the truth. Uh, I'll be on it on Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah. So if you're just tuning in, y'all, uh, hopefully you're not, because it's been a great discussion with chairman of the Black Caucus, Representative Diane, Miss D. Hart. And uh, the only part I did <laughs> tell y'all, uh, you know, I'm, I, I love her to death. But it's a real love, y'all, because she's my cousin. So, <laughs> so right. uh, I, le- I, I buried that lead. Apologize for that. But but listen, end. our family is very <laughs> right. proud of you. Very proud for yeah, everything you. that you accomplish and everything you're doing. So keep doing that, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All Thank right. you for having me on. All right. Well, go back to work. I'm not to having work. you on my show. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got to head back down to the floor. All right. Well, listen, listen, okay. stay with us for a short Pittman point right after this. 
It's time for Pittman's Point on 96.1 Jams. Two months ago, I asked the question, what is it going to take for some really smart people to come together and do something about gun control before another child is senselessly killed in a preventable act of violence? Well, here we are, y'all. The one-year anniversary of Uvalde school shooting is closely approaching, and once again, we are mourning more children, more lives lost, all because of gun violence. We're hurting, we're heartbroken, and there is really, there are no words to describe what we're feeling as, as we mourn those who are no longer with us and remembering those who must go on without them. Pain is pain, y'all, and America is hurting right now. Just a few weeks ago, President Joe Biden signed an executive order with the goal of increasing the number of background checks conducted before firearm sales. And two weeks later, 28-year-old Audrey Hale killed three children and three staff members at the Covenant School in Nashville. What else can be said? I mean, really, y'all, what else can be said? As a parent, as a professional who work with others to move our policies forward in, in, in such a way that all people are protected under the law, and as a person, I am just astonished, as all of you are, at the lack of political will, y'all, let's call it that, to keep our kids safe and to keep us all safe. We shouldn't have to worry, nor should our children have to worry about being shot in a classroom, in a grocery store, or a church pew, or even a dance hall. You remember the, the movie theater too, right? But anywhere, weapons of war like the ones used in the Covenant school shooting should not be accessible to the American public. There is no excuse and it's unacceptable. Gun violence is the number one cause of death for ages 1 to 19 in the United States. That's insane. And data shows us all types of gun violence, from homicide to suicide to mass shootings, are all on the upward trajectory uh, in the U.S. So the Pittman point this week is, as questions of gun control and other efforts to stop schoolhouse and other mass shootings are dominating conversation around the, the nation, uh, the Pittman point today is remember that we are all mutually responsible for ensuring the well-being of our society. We can all pick up the phone and call Congress uh, and ask them to take common sense measures for the sake of our children, if nothing else. In the words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., change doesn't happen through legislation. It happens through the hearts of people. While it may be true that morality cannot be legislated, behavior can be regulated. It may be true that the law cannot change the heart, but it can restrain the heartless. So there is a need for executive orders. There is a need for judicial decrees. There is a need for legislation on the local level, within states and on a national scale from our federal government. Perhaps this week, we've been here before, but I'll say it again. Perhaps this week will open the hearts of people across political lines for the change that needs to take place in this country. And we need it now. And if you care about this issue as much as I do, please let your congressman, let your representative, let your president and your U.S. senator know that the time is overdue. This has been the Sean Pittman Show, and we'll see you in seven. This is the Sean Pittman Show on 96.1 Jams, Tallahassee's big station. We got this.